Welcome to the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast. A couple things before we get started. Cambio CBD, it's a brand new brand with roots in moto and action sports. I've got some of this Cambio stuff as well. I've been using the drops. I've been using the hand sanitizer. My wife's been using the bath bomb. So they offer the finest pure and organic CBD products available, including athlete-inspired performance and recovery packs. If you're looking for a slam dunk Christmas gift for your lady, check out Cambio's beautiful bath crystal three-pack guaranteed to put a smile on her face. Visit Cambio-USA.com and look for Pulpamex link in the main menu for special deals. It's a percent off uh, of everything that you buy uh, just using the code Pulpamex. So Cambio-USA.com. Please check those guys out for all your CBD needs and uh, yeah, enjoy that also. A Pulpamex Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxxis Tires and Renthal on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,500 podcasts delivered with over 15 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. As always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. Original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome everybody to the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast Show with Warren Reed, former factory rider for Cowie, Suzuki, Honda. A little bit of Yamaha in there as well. Warren uh, finished top 10 in so many series over the years, and uh, it's full of history and really, really enjoyed my chat with Warren Reed here on the uh, Fly Racing Racer X podcast show. Please check out Fly Racing if you need some gear. Their new light gear, completely redesigned. They don't even have zippers. They just use the BOA construction on the front. Uh, absolutely love their Evo line of gear, and uh, they've got everything for you. And they got boots, and they got a goggle line that they're launching. They've hired some high-profile riders to wear the new Fly Goggle. You'll see that soon. Flyracing.com. They got watercraft stuff. They got snow stuff, depending on when you're listening to this podcast. Uh, mountain bike line as well. Flyracing.com. For more information, check those guys out. Zach Osborne, Justin Brayton, Justin Bogle, Joey Savacci. Just some of the guys wearing Fly Racing and Flyracing.com. Uh, great guys down there. Also, thanks to the folks at Maxxis Tires, MXST. Developed by Jeremy McGrath, used by A-Ray and Rod Bell. Maxis.com for more information on that. And light truck tires, UTV tires, dirt bike tires, mountain bike tires. Maxis has you covered. It's rubber and it's round. They probably even make it. So thanks to those guys. Renthal.com. Uh, you know you go, You go. know if you go there, you'll be able to see all the products from the folks at Renthal, whether it's a 7 8 bar, the old trusty 7 8 aluminum bar. Remember when that thing came on and changed the game? Uh, thank you to those guys. Fat Bar as well. Fat Bar 36 that debuted this year. It's made some from zerillium or something like that. Some really cool metal. Uh, Fat Bar 36 Twin Wall Bar, of course. Original uh, bar within a bar. Super, super strong. Renthal.com. Grips, uh, sprockets, lots of stuff going on with the folks at Renthal. And uh, you know their name. You know all the championships they've had over the years. And they've done a hell of a job with every single product they have. I've been using some of their mountain bike stuff. So I've really been enjoying that. Renthal.com for more information from those guys. And uh, thanks to uh, those companies for helping out this podcast. Thanks to you people for listening. Happy Holidays depending on when you're listening to this. Uh, please enjoy the chat with Warren Reed, why don't you? 
And now, as promised, on the Fly Racing Racer X podcast, presented by the folks at Renthal and Maxis, it's a former factory rider, Warren Reed. What's up, Warren? How are you, man? Oh, I'm doing very well. Uh, just went mountain biking today, enjoying my retirement. Yeah, uh, that's nice. I, we were talking beforehand, and uh, long time at Honda, huh, for you? Yeah, yeah, 30 years. Um, just, a th- see, 30 years and like 21 days or something like that, so... Um, that was the first and only job application I ever filled out in my <laughs> entire life. And, That's um, pretty fortunate, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, and and uh, and I'd been self-employed uh, up to that point. You know, after racing, mm-hmm. uh, the fam- the family trades had always been uh, in in construction of one trade or another, and on both sides of the family as far back as you want to go. And you know, I had a natural aptitude for it, and then uh, you know. Uh, while I was racing, I was really into stereos, and I I bought some speaker components and mm-hmm. um, J, J, T, JBL's top of the line components. They their components you could buy separate at that time were more than were higher end than what you could get in their studio monitors. So I bought the components. Oh yeah, and got the plans and built right. them. And a good built, friend, good built them yourself. Friend of mine helped me. Yeah, yeah. A good friend of mine helped me and got me he, him. He had a shop and he helped me and you know, showed me the ropes and everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I said, I had natural aptitude. And then I started doing, once I started doing uh, custom cabinets and stuff, I started doing race trucks for a lot of the teams. And um, that was uh, probably about half the business was doing race team trucks. And I went to work for Honda um, and I had done a bunch of trucks for Honda's power equipment division mm-hmm. and Yamaha's Marine division, Kawasaki, everything. And then uh, the, the Honda folks, had some job openings in the power equipment division that was you know a little over 30 years ago and so i i applied and they gave me the job and i moved to pennsylvania in um june of 1990 and uh, i've been the last 13 and a half years in uh, georgia okay and what what were you doing for them kind of just like what, what well, end of that well it was the power equipment division and like i said you know construction is more the the family business even yeah. though most motorcycle people people know me as a motorcycle guy but yeah they weren't going to make me president of the honda motorcycle division <laughs> right off the bat yeah and 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 i knew the way my personality was and my egos uh, so um it, started in the power equipment which at that time was outboard motors and generators and lawnmowers and tillers and tractors and uh you know compact tractors multi-purpose tractors lawn tractors riding mowers okay yeah uh, everything so uh, i was a, a service dsm traveled around all the dealers uh at various times over the years to all of the northeast you know mm-hmm. from uh, yeah. cleveland ohio to maine and then I, I transferred to the marine division um uh after eight years and i went into marine on the sales side away from the service ah, okay the tech, the tech yep. side my, my background is tech even when i was racing, right I was right it sounds like you're yeah you're very hands guy. you're a very hands-on guy yeah 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 and and marine sales was good and uh, I, I i i enjoyed that that's a, a recreation uh activity not so much a tool activity mm-hmm. and then then 13 years ago i moved into the home office took a manager job and and managed some different parts i managed the the all of the service uh, DSMs for mm-hmm. about three or four years, and then I managed uh, each region, and then the West region sales DSMs. So, you know, managed the service teams and the sales yep, teams yep. that call, called on the dealers. And I'm sure you know, if you're in the business, you're familiar with with those jobs. And yeah, uh, it is very good job. I, I liked Honda. Honda was the only company that uh, really kind of um, 
if I was going to work for somebody, it was it was not going to be you know some small little yeah you know, put on company. So right, right. Um, yeah, it sounds like a really interesting uh, variety of stuff when you go to Marine or you go to service department and warranty stuff, or now you're in sales. You know, you kind of got a taste of everything, right? Yeah, and and that's probably one of Honda's real strong suits is. Um, even if somebody has a college degree and they go to work for Honda, you know, obviously if, if you race motocross professionally for a living, your chance of having a degree, yeah. <laughs> at, at least from a, a really, really good college or anything is even if you could do it, it's, it's, it's pretty slim, mm -hmm. but Honda takes experience and, you know, what do you do? What do you produce? How do you learn? How do you adjust? How flexible are you? And, and they reward that, that kind of, um, personality yeah because it's a lot like honda but you know there's still you know some of the i'll call them suits at every corporation are yep. there and they they some of those guys resent you know you know the same guys they resent race team guys right 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 <laughs> yeah and uh, but they're you know they're they're corporate guys but every you need those at every company that's what sure you know somebody's got to watch out for every penny and uh somebody else has to actually you know do the product yeah. so it's a it's a balance right yeah absolutely for sure how much do you ride dirt bikes do you still ride dirt bikes uh, uh I, yeah, yeah. I, I i do i do vintage racing here and there and okay then every so often i go out and do some things and uh, i do a lot of mountain biking uh now and i i really do enjoy riding a lot mm -hmm. and uh, it's it's just not convenient or conducive <laughs> and uh <laughs> you know and and um you know with you know my kids and grandkids and uh and you know working mm -hmm. you know when, when you're, a, you're a manager at honda you have you know a lot of you know irons in the fire so yeah it, it didn't didn't leave a lot of time you know you know even a lot of the motorcycle guys don't get a chance to go no, ride that no that I, much so well I, i've been in, hugely into mountain bikes because for all the things you just talked about i have to drive an hour each way to go moto um you know what i mean and it's a big i gotta get load my bike up i gotta clean it i gotta wash it do the filter i can grab my mountain bike and in 15 minutes to be on the trail right you know? and and i know exactly and and that's that's where i'm at and that's why i do a lot of mountain biking now and my wife uh, got herself uh, an electric uh, specialized. Yep. I guess I'll call it a hybrid, you know. And so, you know, we can ride the. Uh, it's called a greenway, which here is like a. It's like the Santa Ana River Trail or something like yep. that in, in, in California. But it follows a, a big, a big creek. In fact, the name of it is Big Creek, and it follows that for. Uh, it's almost done, but you, you, you can do. You'll be able to do almost uh, sixty miles round trip. Oh, okay. Finally when it's finally finished uh but you can do you know a 25 mile round tripper right now just leaving from my house and never have to ride on the pavement yeah <laughs> and and after you know after the thing that you know that that big accident in, in uh, nevada yesterday yeah uh, or that you know that that's why i don't ride the road but i do mountain biking and i i love it and then i can you know train hard or i can ride easy yeah, yeah. What, whatever i do i enjoy it my wife you know she peewee herman's you know her you know electric bike along and uh, <laughs> nice. her, her yeah her favorite thing in in the world is to be you know all uh not dressed like a roadie or a cyclist at all just kind of in you know nice comfortable kind of athletic clothes and, yeah and we'll come we'll come to a big hill and she'll just sit there all relaxed and just, pedal <laughs> just, and just motor up and just just gap me you know with right. a with a relaxed look on her face and i'm blowing snot chunks and coughing up lungs <laughs> and stuff <laughs> yeah i uh, i have an e-bike also and I, I absolutely love it i ride it mostly in the in the low setting 
and I'm a bigger guy, and my work, I get a great workout, and uh, I, yeah, they're they're getting big in the industry, whether it's the uh, the intense tasers or the levos or whatever. Motocross guys have found these things, you know. I I am I am convinced that what's going to happen is that the electric bikes will. Uh, bicycles, mountain bikes will morph a little bit beefier, mm-hmm. and motorcycles as we know them will um, probably fade to near nothing. Right? You know? Did you and, did uh, you ride an Alta? So, did you ever ride an Alta? No, I never did. Yeah, no. they're phenomenal, amazing. Uh, but I, and, but I, with those, I, I think. I mean, I, I look at how big they are, and I and I think that a, a, an eighty to hundred pound electric bike yeah you know yeah is is where right real fun real fun will be it'll be beefy enough to do Mm -hmm. pretty heavy duty stuff but it's not like you know flipping around a 220 pound 200 you know 40 pound motorcycle sure sure. yeah now when you do the vintage stuff uh your 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 career spanned a few eras uh you know the, the 70s twin shock stuff to the 80s you know single shock and and power valves and things like that what do you like to ride in the vintage stuff um with the two types so okay the, the anything to do with a cr125 from the mid 70s because um i you know i don't i i think god knows and and we'll verify it when we talk someday hopefully but um i think i have more hours on a cr125 than anybody, any, <laughs> anyone that ever lived I, i'm i'm sure of that you know the, i rode from when they very first came out all yeah. the way through 79 right and, and I rode, you know, multiple times a week, you know, for mm-hmm. yeah, of course, right, yeah, forever, yeah, and um, and all day on the weekends, you know, we just go play riding out in the desert, um, and um, you know, Phelan was my favorite place mm-hmm. to ride. That's where I cultivated, I guess, my, you know, most of my riding time was the, you know, the Phelan right yeah, there off Phelan, of the yep. one, yeah, one thirty eight, yeah, right next, yeah, and that's how we grew up. Uh, our cabin in Wrightwood, the family cabin that my grandfather built in the 40s, we would go up there in the weekends and ride. And I don't know, you, you know that big hill climb that they have at, at Phelan? No, you know I that? don't know. I know where Phelan yeah. is, and I know people who okay. ride out there, but no, I don't. Not familiar with the hill climb. Well, there, there's a gnarly hill climb. Okay. That's um, uh, anyway. I used to just put my CR125 in sixth gear and go wide open down it, and it had like uh, Southwick hoops at the bottom. <laughs> so, and I'd go six gear wide open, right? Yeah. You know, down the hill and. And, uh, you know, and when you, the first time you do something like that, you know, you suck it up and, you know, that old, you know, you know, thin tube, little, you know, 175, eight pound, you know, motorcycle yeah. and you're going through those hoops and the front forks are, you know, what are they? 30, yeah, you know, yeah, 30, five millimeters or something, right, you know, right, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the swinger and that thing is just going through the hoops, just everything's flexing. And I mean, everything is just. But you're going so fast that the momentum just keeps it straight. It doesn't, it doesn't care. Mm-hmm. And and that's that was a big revelation for me uh, later on when, you know, they started putting the hoops. You know, yeah, you know, do, doing the man-made hoops and yeah. stuff. So. Yeah. So uh, yeah, because I was I did I talked to Burnworth and Brock after the Marty Smith uh, Vintage Memorial race, and we were talking a little bit about that. And yeah, some guys are like, look, those old bikes, you know, they 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 break. They're, they don't have any travel. The brakes themselves are bad. I really like to stick to, you know, mid-80s stuff, which is when things started making big leaps, right? So that's why I asked yeah. that question. Yeah. Yeah. And but but and then, you know, added to the CR125 deal, though, is that I 
I did, uh, I do like, and a, a good friend of mine, Dave Epic, who's uh, out of the Pacific Northwest, has a, a whole stable of uh, CR four eighties. Okay. Yeah. Really, really good. You know, and uh, man, uh, you know, I, I enjoy riding those, and I always. Even though I was a smaller statured guy, I like riding open bikes right, a right. lot. And, yeah. Now, uh, interesting, we have a little bit of a crossover. I worked at Yamaha for, for four years uh, on the factory team, and John R. was there for a couple of them. John Rosen, Rosenteel? Rosen? Uh, St- Steel. Rosenteel, S-T- yeah. Yeah, S-T-I-E-L. Uh, and uh, suspension guy for a long time. Before that, Brock Glover's championship winning mechanic. And your stepdad, actually. Yeah. Um, How's John R. doing, and is there anybody smarter than John R.? <laughs> uh, first, first question, great. Second question, no. Right, right. Absolutely, so. such a uh, great guy. The uh, you know me, me and my brother, uh, you know, my, our parents split up, you know, when we were younger, mm-hmm. and and you know my my dad was a brilliant guy. Built you know huge, he built missile silos, and then built you know giant hospitals. You know, okay. the, the, yep. big, the biggest hospitals you ever seen. He, he built. Some of those in Florida, big hotels, you know, um, auto manufacturing plants. He'd be project manager for a lot of those. And, um, but, you know, when they, you know, so, you know, my brother and I got, you know, kind of inherited from my mom and my, my dad, you know, some, some brains anyway. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, um, and then, you know, uh, when they split up, uh, you know, then my mom remarried and John R. So it was, you know, the yep. same thing, you know, it was like a, a scientist, you know, he, you know, when, yeah. when they first got married, like, you know, he, he, he brought this new TV and into the house when he, you know, moved in and, and it was, God, that's the bitch in this TV. Oh, I made that. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, and then, um, anyway, so it was, uh, the, you know, the, the amount of technical knowledge, it wasn't just motorcycle knowledge. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I mean, he, you no, know, everything electrical and yep. and and right now, I mean, in you know, he's done like like consulting for the Lawrence Livermore and Los Alamos Labs. Oh, has he really? Yeah, 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 yeah. In yeah. his in in his garage, you know. <laughs> I went okay. to his garage one time, Warren, and he had built an X-ray machine. I'm like, what? Yeah. He's like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, check this out. <laughs> yeah, he built he built a, a fuser. If 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 you uh, if you Google, you know, John R. Fuser. Yeah, yeah. You know, He'll, he'll, he'll pop up in a Wall Street Journal article and stuff. and um, Unbelievable. You know, and, and, yeah. and anyway, so my, my brother and I, you know, we learned how to, you know, fix anything. You know, n- n- yep. nothing, you know, uh, you know, it, unless it was fixing sewage systems or something. <laughs> no, nobody ever came to our house and fixed anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I can imagine. He, he was such a smart guy. But here's the thing that was great about him is sometimes, because later on they had a, a buddy of mine, Corey, that kind of – Corey Hutter, who went underneath him, and John R. was sort of teaching yeah. him the ropes. And uh, and when we retired, Corey took the spot of suspension chassis guy over there. And okay, yeah, he's such a smart guy. But other times, Corey would be like, well, "What do you think about this?" And John R. would be like, "I don't know. Yeah. We should try it." He was never scared to say he didn't know, or he would make a joke about him being dumb and not knowing. Right? Like, truly a, a, a genius guy. But on the other hand, always trying to learn. Yeah, well, that and that's the the whole. That's what he's done in retirement, you know. Yeah. And uh, and what his his garage has become literally a laboratory to <laughs> to try things, you know. Yeah. And he's he's got a he's got a gamma ray spectrometer that he put together, <laughs> uh, and and you know he and he 
I mean, think about that, a gamma ray spectrometer. That, you know, spectrometer, that's that thing that, you know, when, when they find the murder victim, they go, well, you know, the, the, the paint under the victim's fingernails could have only come from the trunk of a 63 uh, yeah, volume, yeah, you know? Yeah, and, Well, that's what a spectrometer does, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, and he, he, he built one, you know? So, so yeah, um, when you're racing and he's working at Honda and then he goes to Yamaha uh, at some point, are, is he, are you, are you, how much are you relying on him to help you out? to help you get the bike set up or to run things by him or to kind of, well, you know, like your whole racing career, he's kind of there for you as a, as a sounding board, huh? Well, yeah. And you know, it, it there was, you know, a little, uh, it didn't happen so much when he went to Yamaha at the end of 79 okay. and I went and I went to Kawasaki, yep. you know, so in, in the end of 78, then he was my mechanic for my first two seasons with team Honda. Okay. So, so the 77, 78, mm-hmm. um, you know, national and supercross and everything. And then, uh, he went with tripes at the end of 78. And then I went, uh, and Merle Anderson, who was uh, another mechanic at Honda, he was with Pomeroy. And, um, anyway, so, uh, Merle came with me and we ended up winning the 78 Trans Am 250 title and John Arm tripes, um, you know, the, you know, battle of my hand and everything yep. through that. Well, then um, in, in 79, uh, Merle left after 78, went, you know, went back uh, to Elkhart, Indiana, where he still uh, manages a bar, you know, and <laughs> he only owns it now, you know, and, uh, and, 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 and made a great life, you know, for himself. Yep. And I love, I love to go visit. I don't get out there, but once a decade or something, but, um, and then, uh, you know, then uh, Brian Lunas, had uh, worked with Noyce in '78, okay. and then, then he, when he moved back to the states, he was my mechanic in '79 at Honda. And then um, John Arn, like I said, John Arn Tripes went to Yamaha in yep. 1980, or actually the end of '79, and I went at the end, um, just before '80. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Roy Turner was my mechanic at Kawasaki. At Kawasaki, yeah. Yeah, and and Roy is you know some people know or whatever he he was one of our old riding group weekend riding group. Friends. Oh, he was okay. Yeah. yeah, so that's before he ever worked for the factory. And, but I was picturing you more like uh, at Cowie or at Suzuki or whatever, and being like, hey, because John R. I mean, you know, he's you, you obviously you're his stepkid, and and you guys have this loving relationship. I was picturing him like, hey, Warren. Um, you know, I'm looking at your bike, and maybe you want to do this, or, or hey, we're trying this on a Yamaha, and, and Brock liked it. Maybe you should try it. I'm picturing that kind of stuff. No, we that that, that never really happened. Okay, um, all right. Yeah, I mean, you know, we we would maybe just discuss generalities. Yeah, yep. but but never specific or you know like you know mm-hmm. you know I mean if, if you know if if I was watching Tripes or Brock and, and their bike was swapping I'm not going to go hey John R that thing looks like shit <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I would I would let it go <laughs> I uh one of my favorite John R stories is 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 Glover got him a six pack of beer from around the world for a championship bonus. And, uh, and at some point we got him a six pack of beer and we give it to him. We're like, Hey man, Reed won the title. Reed, Chad Reed won the supercross title or whatever it was. Here's a six pack. John R. He he loved it. He loved it. He thought it was great. Yeah. I I think Brock's taking care of him over the years generally though. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And, uh, the, um, you know, it, it was, it was really cool because there was no animus or mm-hmm. um and uh you know when he was working with you know my rivals you yeah, know, or, yeah or i was you know competing for another brand and 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 you know his job was for his rider to beat me and my job was 
for me to be his writer, you know? Yeah, and, for sure. Yeah. Um, and, and it, it didn't strain our relationship at all. It, yeah. it, uh, in 83, I, I didn't have a ride for 83 though, but Yamaha helped me with bikes. Yep. And, um, at the beginning, then eventually they, you know, gave me a works bike, uh, after, uh, Ricky got hurt. And then I, so I rode that in the last, the end of the supercross and then, right. um, and then uh, they gave him a mechanic, Bob Oliver, who I'd known forever from, yeah. from F days and everything. So he he was uh, he uh, did my 500 national bike and, and had you know a very good good season. But yeah. um, uh, at the beginning of the season, the Yamaha let me ride with John R in his in his truck. With oh, Rock. okay, yeah, yeah. So you would just and, put your pit out the side or whatever. Yeah, yeah. and and I mean, but think about that. That was pretty cool, the Yamaha, and that was yeah. also pretty yep. cool of brock you know yep and and brock's going for championships right and yep. and, and his competitor because i'm riding 500 nationals too and so we're working out of the same truck true you know, I'm yeah, work, I'm, yeah. I'm, re, I'm rebuilding my own stuff I, you know, of course john R would you know help me a little bit here and there but yeah, at yeah. that time at that time stig uh, Pedersen was you know doing the suspension and stuff mm -hmm. and uh so um but and, you know, and then when then Bob came, then I, I just I, I pretty much just tagged in with with Bob, yeah, and Oliver, yeah, you know? with with Bobbo. Um, does yeah. does John R still use Windex to wash his face? I haven't seen that, but with COVID, who the hell knows? Yeah, maybe so. that we, <laughs> we we also got a kick out of that. He would yeah. he would put Windex on a paper towel and then he would wash his face with it. And oh, we're yeah, like clean, clean oil, yeah. We're like John R. We're pretty sure that Windex isn't safe. Like if it gets well, yeah yeah when you're, when you're when you're 50 years old, there's not acne issues going on anymore. So <laughs> oh, he was a great guy, absolutely yeah. great guy. Yeah, we we had yeah a lot of lot of fun stories and and um you know I mean. You know, I, I spent a lot of years driving with mm -hmm. John R. to the races before I ever rode nationals. You know, we would go to, you know, the Dennis, uh, Wendy Blantner, who started me racing, and Dennis uh, worked at Honda. He worked with John R. and he introduced John R. to my mom. Uh, uh -huh. But but Dennis and Wendy were our very, very close friends and still are. Dennis lives, you know, three miles from here in Georgia. Okay. And, and um, anyway, De uh, Dennis had got me started racing and, and uh, he was part of our riding group and thought that I would be good and. So him and Wendy bought a CR125 and took me racing, you know, and uh, I was just a, you know, you know, you know, single mother, you know, kid yep. without any money and had a, you know, piece of junk mini enduro and then a, you know, a slow SL125. <laughs> so they, they took me racing, but then, you know, and, and, and really kind of, you know, set me able to race every weekend. And that made a big difference. And I, you know, I, I progressed very, very quickly because I'd had, you know, thousands of hours riding before I ever raced where a lot of those kids that raced mini yeah. bikes and stuff didn't have that much. They didn't have anywhere near the seat time I had by the time I started racing motorcycles. Are you born and, in, uh, are you born and raised in the high desert or when you say failing? No, no. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah. No, I was, uh, with, uh, I was born in Santa Maria, but you okay. know, for the first, yep. for the first three years of my life, we traveled all over the country. My dad built, you know, military stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, and then we settled in Westminster, you know, oh, yeah. Orange County. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, um, but you know, the, the my grandfather had built that cabin in the mountains in the forties mm -hmm. during the war, yep. and uh, so we'd always go up there on the weekends. And then when, after we discovered dirt bikes, it was like, whoa, we, we, let's go to the cabin. Then we can just stay at the cabin and just you it, know go out all day and ride, and then go back to the cabin have dinner, and then next yeah. morning go out and I'll ride all day. Is John yeah. R. Is John R. at Honda when he meets your mom? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he'd already. Yeah, he his dad owned a Honda motorcycle shop in the sixties. Okay. And uh, John, you know, John R. went. Uh, he didn't 
I think he maybe took a couple of college courses, but yeah, mm-hmm. like you know, he's the smartest guy on the planet, and he he took a couple of college courses, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but he, um, but you know, and then he he went in the navy, and he he worked on an aircraft carrier, and you know, fixing uh, uh, jet electronics and stuff. Yeah, which not surprising to anybody. Yeah, no, then, no, no, uh, not at all. Yeah, came back from the the military, went to work at his dad's tractor shop, and then you know starts his dad starts selling Hondas, you know, motorcycles and other motorcycles, and I think he sold, you know, lawn boy lawnmowers, and you know, John yeah. could just fix fix any of that stuff, and um, and then he, I guess he he's. Um, you know, his dad sold the shop and John R. stayed on, but then he sent an application to Honda. And then a, okay. a few months later, they, they called him and they, you know, sent him out there. It was about like 1970 or something like that. So do you do they meet at the races, your mom and John R.? Uh, no. Okay. There, there was okay. no racing when, yeah. when we were just riding. Yeah, yeah. It was all the people that um, uh, rode were part of our weekend riding group. That was before Honda even had a team. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Turner and those guys, what you were talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Roy, Roy was a service manager at a Honda shop in, in uh, Lomita or somewhere. And um, he was a friend of a friend who knew somebody at Honda and then, you know, some of the mm-hmm. Honda people and some of the other people. And you know how the riding groups, sure. you know, meet up and, and uh, no different than mountain bike groups. And uh, anyway, so the, the cabin were kind of, you know, anybody that, that knows the name from of Gertrude Stein, uh, you know, she was, uh, she kind of housed all the lost Americans and, in France, you know, b- okay. between, between the, you know, the wars and, you know, a lot of, you know, Hemingway and mm. Ezra Pound and, I didn't and, know that. Um, yeah. Okay. And, and, uh, you know, the, the artists, you know, the, um, the, all hang out at, at her place. Well, that was the way my mom's cabin, you know, oh, okay. the, yeah. all, all those, all these motorcycle people would hang out and, yeah, yeah. and they all kind of cultivated and, you know, you know, bounced ideas off each other. And it was when dirt bikes were just forming and building. And I was just, you know, the little scrappy kid that was a pain in the ass, you know, kind of <laughs> hanging out. And, and it really, you know, when I think back how lucky I was to be around so many smart people, you know, after the, you know, the, the, the trauma and the pain mm-hmm. of, of a divorce, you know, and, yeah. and everything. And, 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 you know, my dad was always traveling on, you know, construction and, you know, to, to have something like that, at least some semblance of, uh, you know, that, uh, of inspiration to, you know, design and try and build and go fast. Hey, if you do this, you can go faster. You try that, you can go faster. Yeah. Hey, yeah. It was a this, cr- this crazy thing. time yeah. back then. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Let, yeah. Hey, let's just, let's move the shocks three inches back. Let's move them three inches forward. Let's you know what I mean. Yeah. Let's make a longer swing arm. All that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Let's let's. let's oh, my, <laughs> my granddaughter just walked in my office. Let me close the door. No worries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was absolutely a nutty time with the evolution of motorcycles and everything that was going on, and everyone was trying new things, and and it was yeah. it was a neat now, time. Yeah. I remember those guys when they when they they first started testing two strokes. You know, yeah. Some of the guys, some of the guys, you know, in the group were testing, and some of them, you know, weren't part of testing, but they were other parts. And there, and everybody was like, "Well, what is it like? What's that two, two, Honda two stroke like?" You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, I, I saw I saw a picture. Somebody said, "But that thing looks terrible. Why don't yeah. we put a cylinder on a C on a CZ and see what happens?" <laughs> just crazy. Uh, yeah, you know, that was cool. I was exposed to all that. Right. It was, it was cool, and you know, and I learned. You know, when uh, you know, one one thing was so cool when I was, what was I fourteen or something? Mm-hmm. My fourth, my fifteenth birthday, a bunch of the mechanics at Honda all got together and and got extra. You know, everybody's got extra tools in their box, and they mm-hmm. got together one 
good toolbox of all the all the right kind of T-handled, you know, uh, screwdrivers yep. and 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 good Koa wrenches, you know, the Honda wrenches. Uh-huh. And, yeah. And uh, and and I had a you know a, a bitching toolbox, and they should and it had a timing light. Remember, you know, with points, yeah. you know, yeah. And they showed me how to, how to work a timing light, you know, and then I got a welder for my 15th birthday and I used to make pipes for FMF with my Yeah, I, I wanted to, I wanted to get to that. How do you meet Donnie Emler? How does that happen? He's he's well, has he got a team at this point? No, no. Okay. He was he had in 73 he just kind of, you know, got the Uncle Donnie's flying machine factory started. Yep. And and uh he had hooked up with Marty Smith um right uh, just bef- with Marty and his Monarch just mm-hmm. before Marty came just before Marty came to Honda. Right. So they they kind of came, you know, together with a pipe and then you know and they were and fmf was near honda you know honda was in gardena at that time yep. and and donnie was down in, in the south bay and in, in um harbor city or you know all around there so anyway so they they would just you know pretty soon it was it was kind of the same mad scientists you know yeah uh the same kind of thinking let's try this let's try that hey this work hey this works this, what about this and so you had a you know japan at, at that time japan would build it but they didn't really after that it was kind of like nothing happened you know as far as development went so development really had to happen um with the factory and and the local uh, companies that would make a swing arm or make a pipe or you know do something like that and you know and a lot of these 125 guys that have been you know the 125 scene in southern california was huge so you had you know ec burt donnie emler yeah and you know harry clem and and, you know DG guy, Blandon, DG, Bland, yeah, yeah. yeah, DG, Clint, yeah, and I was Clem. Oh, okay, and before, but, but before that, it was another guy. Anyway, and um, you know, and then um, Blandon and and uh, you know, Bassani was making pipes, and, and DG, it was it was just an explosion. The CR one twenty five, and and all these people trying all these things, and everybody kind of you know growing on on each other, and, mm-hmm. and that's and then suspension started getting moved up, and shocks. Some guys lay down shocks. DG did lay down. FMF did move up, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and, yeah. and and they both used gas girlings, you know. Yep. <laughs> Same shock, and um and and you and really you just you just okay. What what compression do you want? I'll take the medium. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And 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 you'd buy the shock, the medium shock, because once you bought it, that was it. You know, you couldn't you couldn't adjust anything except for preload and and spring rate. So anyway, it it just it was you know, and then and then so because you know I was you know kind of the the kid hanging around all the Honda guys, you know, and and uh, and and I remember seeing Emler and I said, hey, can I just have the cones? I want to make my own pipe because I. You know, I learned. You were welding, yeah. You were welding. Yeah, I was already yeah. welding, doing yeah. all that stuff, and uh, so he did, and I'd make my own. And then whenever want to try something new, you know, they get a different cone, and I'd weld it up and mm-hmm. try this and try that. And, wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And how old are Came you? At the, how old are you at this point? Uh, I was at fifteen. Then when I turned sixteen, I could drive to FMF and pick up cones and bring yeah. them home, and I'd weld them all up, and then I'd drive them back. But when I was fifteen. You know, John Art have to bring a stack of cones home, and, uh, <laughs> and I'd weld up pipes and I'd yeah. send them back, or I'd, I'd give them to Elmer at the races or something. They would give me cash, and then they were giving me money for whole shots. You know, and, yeah. and they, gradually they started giving me more and more, and um, and the um, you know um, you know I didn't I, I I went I was pretty frugal with stuff because mm-hmm. we weren't weren't getting stuff free at first. But um, and I and I, I had hand me down boots when I first started racing 
125 intermediate, I wore my mom's motocross boots. That's yeah. <laughs> so so what's so you started so like you said you rode a ton, right? And yeah. did you you just right. started in a B class? That was just kind of where you began. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Intermediate, yeah. yeah. I never uh, in in motorcycles. I mean, I, I raced some mini bikes and I did you know a beginner class or this or that, and it didn't yeah. seem to you know. Or I rode expert depending on which track I'd ride expert at this track. Oh, okay, all right. And, whatever. Yeah, I was just riding a piece of junk on mini bikes, you mm-hmm. know. Yep. And uh, and then. When I started racing CMC, I started writing intermediate, and um, they didn't want to let me race uh, intermediate because you I hadn't raced. raced. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway, and, and it was, uh, but they did. They relented, and they said if I did crappy, they'd move me back down, and they never moved me back down. And my <clears throat> my fourth moto, they had, they had three motos at that time. Yeah. So the I, I finished like top ten all three motos. The first <clears throat> first race, the second race, I came in, I won the first moto by a mile. And uh, and then a big crash in the in the second moto, and then uh, I don't remember. Then the third race was at OCIR, okay. And I and I won the overall in the, in the intermediate, and um, and then by uh, by probably March, I guess, uh, of the next year. So I started um, the end of June '73. By March the next year, I was 125 pro, and I was 15, and um, and then. By by the time I turned sixteen, I was you know winning local, yeah, uh, one twenty five, and and then after I got my license, then I could ride all the time. <laughs> then nothing was stopping and, you then, right? Yeah, yeah. And and I'd, I'd lo- I had a you know camper shell on my uh, Datsun truck. It was my hand me down from my mom, you know, and her old truck because she had a truck and a motorcycle and she rode, you know, mm-hmm. and and she sold her Carmen Gia and bought a pickup truck and a Yamaha one seventy five because you know her kids rode, her friends rode, yeah. So, by God, we're all going to, you know, we're, we're going to gonna do that baseball and football, you know, and youth sports yeah. crap. We're going to go have fun together every weekend, you know. This is when she Honda was, this is when Honda's selling 30,000 Elsinore 125s or whatever those numbers yeah, were yeah. back in the day, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, it was unbelievable yeah. how many. And Marty Smith was single-handedly. See, my, Marty Smith single-handedly sold motor motorcycles than probably anybody but Mike Hale would. Yeah, know? yeah. And, yeah. Uh, now are you sorry to interrupt you are you are you thinking at this point like i'm good enough to make a living at this i want to make a living at this i i I can do this i well i it it, you always go vacillate you know in your career but i can tell you that um you know my my fifth grade teacher who you know in in the middle of the the divorce it was pretty you know bad there for a while i ended up living with living with my fifth grade teacher and uh, I, I told her in fifth grade what I was going to do for a living. Yeah. And um, when I went back to see her again in my um, in my 20s, I was already married and had yeah. kids yeah. by that time. And I, and I saw her and and she immediately knew when I walked in the classroom, you know, even though it had been, you know, over a decade. Yeah. And and and, you know, she freaked out and she was, you know, and she said, you were the first student I ever had in fifth grade that said what they were going to do for a living and did it. Yeah. <laughs> She had seen me on TV racing. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Superbikers, super I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. superbikers. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, are you? So John R's at Honda. He's he's married to your mom. You're getting racing going. Are you hanging out with Marty and 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 these Honda guys? Are you getting well, to that, yeah to, to well, learn in a round in a roundabout way? Uh, Dennis Blanton kind of discovered all those guys. 
um, by taking me to all the local races that, you know, it was right before my mom and John and I got married. And so he, him and Wendy are taking me to all the CMC races and they're seeing Chuck Bauer and Marty Smith and Bruce McDougal, you know, yep, yep. and, and, you know, just, uh, you know, dominating everything. And, uh, and so the, um, they put the, the, the word out mm-hmm. that they wanted, wanted to talk to those guys. And so they got a hold of them all and, uh, and hired them for the 74 team. And that's in, uh, my mom and John R got married right at the very, very end of 73. Okay. And, um, and then, uh, you know, I went, uh, and then after they got married, then, um, uh, my mom and John R bought them the CR 125 from Dennis and Wendy. And then De- Dennis was still, he became team, he was uh, the team manager by that time, you know, and then John R was the lead mechanic. So uh, for 125 teams, yep. and then so Mark, so he then he won two titles with Marty Smith, you know, 74, mm-hmm. 75, in 75, I, you know, like I said, in early 74, I turned local pro. Yep. By by the end of 74, I was you know oh, you know dicing with the the fastest guys and winning you know some local races and stuff. By early 75, I started winning CMC races. And, you know, and, and CMC was like a national, you know, and, um, you know, I was just, you know, a few yeah. months after my 16th birthday yeah. and I, and I was all intent on racing nationals. And, uh, I rode the, my first nationals, my first race was, you know, June of 73. My first national was April of 75 and I got fourth at Hanktown. <laughs> Jeez. Got, that's, so. that's pretty good. I, I did a podcast with a guy named Rusty Holland. And uh, he told me in 10 years, he went from learning how to ride to making a 125 main event. And I thought that was pretty good, Warren. <laughs> 10 yeah. years from, from learning to ride to making a main event. But th- you, I think you have him beat. <laughs> well, like I said, I had, I had uh, you know, I rode, uh, you know, yeah, a, yeah. a number of little mini bike races here and there. But mostly I just had just Just rode, ride. yeah. Just a and, ton. And, and I also had a, a passion that it really, you know, when I, I remember doing the mini bike thing when my, my mom didn't have any money, you know, and, and uh, I didn't have any money and. And, and she, one thing she was really, really smart about was uh, she wouldn't let me modify my Yamaha Mini Enduro. Okay. You know? I mean, you know, I didn't, I didn't have trick shocks or trick tires or expansion chambers or nothing, yep. you know, and I think I got a, 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 a uni filter was the, the trickest thing I had on that thing. I took off the stock paper filter mm-hmm. anyway. And, uh, but it, it, you know, when I could just get waxed, you know, guys would just go flying by me, you know, on their Steens 100 Hodaka powered against my Yamaha stock 60. Yeah. You know, and, um, you know, and I would, you know, I read all the magazines. I knew who all the fast kids were. I knew. And, and, um, and, and, you know, I love all those guys. I, you know, I, I joke around. We have great time chatting now, but man, I wanted to, I wanted something fast to race against those guys yeah. so bad, yeah. so bad. And, um, you know, then when, you know, once I started racing, I, I, it, you know, when I was intermediate, I wasn't thinking about intermediate. I was thinking already about national. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, Hey, this is, this is what I want to do. It's what I want to be. Um, are you, are you, how, how much older was Marty than you? He he was two years old, two years older. Okay. Um, let's talk about him a little bit. We, we lost him a little while ago. Now I, I, um, I'm from Canada and Marty came up and did some motocross schools and we befriended him from that and we helped bring him up. And then at some point I went down and stayed with Marty and Nancy in San Diego for a few months to go ride Palm Avenue and all over there. Oh, yeah. uh, amazing people. Uh, really, really sad deal. Uh, Marty was a great guy. I, I loved him. Yeah. You know? Yep. Um, and you know, we were, you know, we, we, you know, over the decades we, you know, 
connect and then lose track because mm-hmm. I live back east, you know, yeah. I'm back yeah. east for 30 years. Um, but we'd, you know, we had, had in fact, I just reconnected again to, you know, we were um, planning, you know, uh, kind of a, uh, you know, a Honda thing. Okay. You know, when it, when uh, it happened, I was, anyway. Yeah. He, uh, had, he was so cool, wasn't he? He was so cool. <laughs> yeah. We had, yeah, we had, a, you know, a, a great time and, and, um, you know, I got to ride with him and, and that, you know, and, and honestly, once, once I got around the Honda, mm-hmm. you know, team, like mm-hmm. in 74, even though I was, so I was a local expert in 74. Yep. Well, I, I'd get to ride, you know, with those guys when they go testing or practicing. Yeah. And I, you know, I could hang with them at the races and see how they acted, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. what, 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 what are the fastest guys do different, you know? And yep. sometimes it's, it's not really a tangible, it's just a, a mindset or a way of looking at things, not any set structure deal, you know? And, uh, and, and, you know, that was immensely helpful. And then, you know, riding, I'd go down and ride with Marty, you know, and, and, uh, you know, and Galen and, and, you know, up, up in our end. And, you know, there's a lot of fast guys in Orange County and LA at that time. And so, oh, yeah, for sure. You know, if you went out practicing or in the middle of the week, there was, you know, Roger DeCoster would practice a saddleback twice a week during the transams back in the early mid seventies. Yep. And, you know, we were, you know, 25 minutes from saddleback. So guess what we did after school and yeah. during the transam time? Yeah. We're gonna go watch Roger and go ride with him. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I remember out there one time I, I was watching him ride, you know, and, and he never, the, the back wheel was always lined up with the front wheel, always yeah, lined up, yeah. you know? And, uh, and I said, I said, uh, I said, how do you how do you keep from sliding out and in the corners because saddlebacks like mm-hmm. concrete, right? right? Yeah, you know this kid this kid coming up and talking to the <laughs> to the world champion, you know? Yeah, and 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 he he didn't miss a beat. He didn't have any exasperation. He didn't he didn't know me from Adam, mm-hmm. right? And and he uh, he said, um, well, okay, I'll tell you what you do. So the most important <laughs> thing is you must you must go into the the corner. You you at, at this you have have to determine the speed that you can go through the corner without sliding or using too much throttle because you if you use too much brake then the wheel skid mm-hmm. and then if you if it's skidding it do not turn okay <laughs> or if you if the back wheel spinning the motorcycle will not turn so yeah. you must have your speed uh, before you enter the corner and then as smooth as possible roll into the corner and then roll the throttle on and you can maintain your line and uh, and then you can accelerate very uh, hard after you can get the uh, straight up and down mm-hmm. to, to the next corner, <laughs> and I'm like, well, f- yeah, hey, that's from the that's from the god, yeah, right? that's yeah, from- yeah, yeah, and uh, and man, you know, I mean, th- that and you watched how where he sat, where did he sit, yeah. where was his foot, where was his foot, where were his elbows, where was his head, how was his back bent, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, what, um, how. You know, how was the relationship of when he went into the corner and through the corner and coming out of the corner? And, and you know, the well, one of the most amazing things I remember, why I'd watch him so close when it was hard concrete out there. And he would be taking kind of these weird lines when he'd first start, you know, riding. And then after a while, that, that open bike was probably a 370 or a 400 yep. at that time. Anyway, so he, he'd come out of a corner and have a really weird line. And it was like the, you know, the white clay concrete. Okay, after five laps, he dug down past the concrete to the brown dirt <laughs> and, and was getting traction. Yeah, now and he's getting like, traction, yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, you're like, wow, wow, how, how does he hit that spot? It's only like four inches wide. Sure. You know, and, and he hits it, you know, you could put a nickel down, you know, and he'd hit that nickel every lap. And, uh, man, I tell you what, it was it was impressive. And, you know, a, a, a funny story about Roger. So, anyway, so fast forward like a decade yeah. later, right? And so at the end of 82, I didn't have a ride uh, going. Suzuki wasn't going to renew my contract. Uh-huh. You know, I'd had a good – because I got fourth in the Nationals, you know, and that was a loaded – class so right. that was uh you know hansen johnson glover me you know yep. and i got seven supercross but they weren't going to renew my contract there was all these kids that were going to be faster right anyway of course <laughs> yeah. hey the same not thing happened the resen- same thing not that i'm resentful <laughs> <laughs> the same thing happens today don't worry yeah you're but, fine. You know, i know yeah. anyway but uh as funny as i had roger was you know kind of doing like semi-managing the honda team at yep. the time and i and i called and left a message and I didn't hear back for a few weeks. This was at the end of '82, mm-hmm. you know, yep. to see what kind of thing. Anyway, so uh, anyway, all the, the phone rings, and but I, I have to backtrack a little bit because for for probably seven or eight years, one of my high school buddies would always call up whenever the Supercross or the National was coming to, you know, uh, uh, Southern California. Go and he go, hello, one. This is Roger De Costa. Um, I'm wondering if you would come to Europe and race for Suzuki, you know, and <laughs> and and he would do this all the time, and he would, you know, always you know yeah. imitate roger yeah, well. yeah, yeah so all of a sudden the phone rings and and, and i left that message a few weeks before right. and it picks up i go hello and he goes hey hello one this is roger de costa <laughs> and and, You're and i and, and i go and i thought it was my friend Ron. right yeah and and i go blank you romney i'm in no mood yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said to Roger DeCoster when I'm looking for a ride. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's Roger's like, this is odd. Yeah. 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 We we got spots. We got plenty of spots on the team for you. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's (laughs) funny. he, 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 you know, I, I go, oh, shit, and I kind of told him he laughed. But it, it I, was, listen, uh, hey, Hanson had gotten hurt at the end of 82. Maybe maybe he had a spot for you, Warren. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that I think they already had, um, uh, you know, Bob lined when, up. So <laughs> Right. When you – so you go ninth and sixth your first two years on FMF Honda. Then you get a factory ride from Honda. Right. Uh, is the bike a lot better or is it just more money? What's it like being on a factory team compared to what you were doing? Well, they didn't pay me anything. Okay. Uh, no zero zero salary, and I had to drive to all the races and share a room with John R. Oh, okay. So it was so, kind of a factory ride. <laughs> it was. I got works bikes. Okay, I'm the luckiest. I'm the only person in the world besides some Japanese guys racing RC125. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. He, he he didn't have to twist my arm. So yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> so, for sure. And it was you know, and John R was my mechanic. You know, and um. But it was it was cool. It, it, it really was. And, and uh, so the bike was better. The bike was better. It was. Yeah. 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 It it was it was good. It could. You know the the, you know Bob, Bob and Brock at the Yamaha's working pretty good. The Suzuki was mm-hmm. you know obviously dialed in from Gaston for a few years. Seventy um, six had been a difficult year for for Honda with uh, you know the Type One, the Type Two, the climbing yeah. rule. Yeah. You know all the uh, stuff was just Hannah. Nuts. Hannah came in, beat Marty, I think that year, right? Yeah, yep. and Marty was trying to do the impossible. So John R was in 76, you know, when 76, when I privateered it, yep. 
Um, you know, and for part of the series, I drove around with Dave because Dave didn't have another mechanic to drive with him, and I was FNF guy mm-hmm. and a friend and a friend of Marty's and a friend yep. of Dave's and right. Honda. So, so I rode with Dave, and I would work on my bikes during the week when he was working on Marty's bikes. You know, for right. the the, se- the second half of the '76 Nationals. But John R's with Marty in Europe. Marty's red eyeing it. Yeah, you know, insane every, right. every, every week, and then trying to race a, a guy who's frothing at the mouth to beat him, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah. and, and the Europeans, you know, kind of liked him, but you know, Hey, they didn't, they didn't want to see some American kid no. come and, and beat, you know, a Belgian, you know, world champion. And, right. um, but he, you know, Marty still got third in the 125 world championship and he got, you know, second to Bob in the, right. in the 125. And I think Laporte was third and wise fourth Glover fifth and me sixth in 76 and you know the 76 125 nationals were probably 76 and 77 were probably the most loaded 125 nationals in the history of ever you know yeah. so you know billy grassi almost won the 500 national championship in 75 and him and danny laporte and and uh and uh jeff jennings are the 125 team for suzuki in 76 you know suzuki had yeah Bob they just their test Right. Their test rider, and they did, and they let him go to Yamaha in '76. And did you so, did you get along with Bob, or were you Team Marty, and you didn't like this new kid from the desert? Well, I mean, well, I was I was Team Marty, but I, I grew up. I spent a lot of time around Bob because Bob came up through you know CMC just like I did. Okay, you know? so yeah, uh, but you know when Bob first started, he was just a, a flag flapping on the on the flagpole, <laughs> you know, behind the handlebars. Yeah, yeah. He he, he just had painting no, it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He had no style, no technique, but the, he didn't crash. And like, you know, the, a lot of people said he had like cat-like reflexes mm-hmm. and um, or reactions, I would say. Not, um, you know, the, it, it, he could always keep it going, you know, and I first saw him on a, on a, I think a, uh, Steve Heard Husky. And then uh, and then Suzuki came out with a bunch of uh, production RMs, you know, and hey, if any of you pros want to race, you know, mm-hmm. race, well, Bob jumped on a 125 RM and got third in the 125 Pro Class. For, you know, the, that first when Suzuki came out there with a whole yep. like truckload of motorcycles, and after that he started test riding and, and, and racing every weekend and winning you know two classes every week. Yeah. And he was he really and and he would ride all week. I mean, he had so much seat time in that time, and um, he he had a uh, you know hunger and a fire. And when Yamaha hired him. You know, he, he he took it to heart. You know, hey, they're they're hiring me. They're not hiring me to get second. Okay. Yep. And and then Yamaha also hired Danny Turner, who had gotten third in the 125 Nationals in '75. So you had you know Grassi, Jennings, and Laporte at Suzuki. You had you know uh, Hannah and Danny Turner at Yamaha, and then you had uh, Marty, <laughs> and that's it for Honda yeah. and all of us privateers but remember in 76 all the top privateers i don't care rm yamaha Mm -hmm. they they can all go take a jump the honda was the best bike because wise glover and myself all rode cr 125s yep and and they were good and they were finished the top privateer bikes were cr 125s fourth fifth and sixth you know and um that that's 76 season was loaded yeah you know it's it's hard for any it was stacked for sure, and and it was the changing of a guard a little bit, like we just talked for all the reasons we just talked about a little bit. So, um, yeah, it was, it was interesting to, to see that. Um, and, and so you're on the factory team, and you won the Trans AMA, which is a a series in the fall that they used to have. Trans USA, Trans AMA, they had it two different names, I believe. And yeah, at the at the end it became Trans USA. Right. So, so 
Um, that was your that was how many race series was that, and how how'd that go for you? Yeah, it would be well, it went good for me in the early seventies. It was like you know ten or twelve races, yep. and then the Europeans started making less and less money coming over racing Americans. So it it's, it it um, and, and it got expensive. So it, it went down, and plus the other the other amount of races during the year started increasing. So they they couldn't have guys just you know doing twelve race series at the end of the year after mm-hmm. doing you know a few of them at the beginning. Anyway, uh, but I rode the two fifty. It started off they called it the support class, and they changed it to the national class because it was all American riders, and it was a yeah. lot of times the uh, the top privateer two fifty and five hundred guys, and then the top. 125 national guys. Okay. And so I rode uh, half of the series in 76 on an old hand-me-down works bike that Honda, you know, had yeah. in the back room before they destroyed it. And I won the Sears Point round in 76, and uh, I won the first moto. It's a saddleback round. And, and uh, that was, you know, Gary Jones and Jimmy Ellis mm-hmm. and Danny Laporte and Chuck Son and Are these... know, Steve Wise and Mike Bell. I mean, yeah, it yeah. was... It was, that was loaded too. Are these Marty paying well? Yeah. Do these pay well back then? Like, no, are, I, is this? I lived at home. I lived at home. All my money was profit. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, so, but I was just wondering, but, like, if it because I don't know. I know about the series. I read about it. I'm too young to have been there at all. And I always wondered, like, was there contingency? Were the OEMs behind this? Was there big money for you guys after yeah. the after Supercross and Motocross ended? You know. Well, yeah. I mean, well, the 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 Trans Am series was as it was just behind. A world championship, okay, nationals, yeah. because the top Europeans were over, yeah, right? So, for sure. It, and uh, it was actually a little more stature than than um, the nationals. The and then the two fifty national class, or you know, trans support class, and then yep. national class. That that would be like a step above uh, a East or West Supercross title. Okay, yeah, yeah, know, yeah. Beca- because because it, you had you know loaded. It was loaded. I mean, the, the top five guys in the in the in the national class could have we could have all been you know at, at top 10 top 15 for sure in the in the 500 class yeah yeah and uh, so it was you know it was loaded and it wasn't like they split east and west and no for sure and, uh, and um and you know and uh in, in, you know a quick segue you know the whole modern thing it is absolutely my contention that the 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 field isn't as stacked now as back then and here's my reasoning mm-hmm. is that the top arena cross guys could all make you know maybe the top in the winner top one or two could probably make a main at a at a 450 supercross the top you know four or five in the in the west the top four or five in the east could all make a 450 main mm-hmm. well all those guys used to ride one class sure yeah yeah it they was all they just didn't, they, didn't, right. they didn't have them so you'd show up you know at 250 supercross and mm-hmm. you had the fastest guys in the country all racing mm-hmm. and if, if you got a bad start or you had a you know bad start or in a heat race or something yeah you know it, yep. it wasn't guaranteed you were going to come through the pack and qualify now big deal you know yeah. i mean they can they can come through the pack and qualify easy now i mean they've got a really have a major, major. It's got to be, yeah. It's got to be the top guys. Got to, yeah. They pretty much got to uh, have a broken bike to not make it in the top nine. Yeah, or or, or, or a crash that you know they they get yeah. stuck under the bike or something. Yeah, you know? yeah. And and that's that's the one difference. Now, are the fast guys now faster? You know, yeah, of course they are. But it's you know, I think it's different. I think that a champion is a champion is a champion. You know what I mean? Like whatever era okay. you're in. Uh, the, the Roger, Bob, Marty, Tomac, yeah, it, you know, they all got the same sort of qualities, right? 
It's all yeah, it's all going to come through by the end of the series. The cream mm-hmm. will rise to the top. Yeah. That's, that's that's without a doubt. So Honda Honda must have been stoked for you to win that sport class in the Trans AMA. Like that was a big deal. Well, I, yeah. I I was more stoked than they were, but <laughs> 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 they, no, they didn't even put an ad in it. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, Glover got second, Wise got third, I think, and I don't remember who. Got anyway, but no, they didn't even put an ad. Oh, really? Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, no, I think one of Bellray or somebody did or somebody, but Honda never ran. Jeez. You know, I mean, Brock, Brock was getting full page ads when he'd win one of the rounds, you know, and, <laughs> and I win the whole series and get nothing. Yep. Um, and I got, my bonus was $3,000 for winning the series. I don't even, but is that good? I don't know. Uh, no, no, it I mean, was shitty. It was yeah. shitty then. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's what I was. That's what I was trying to get at. Back then, how how did you but feel? Again, I'm yeah. I'm I'm racing works Hondas, buddy. I'm work, yeah. racing works Hondas. So yeah, absolutely right. Uh, are you making some money now? Are you making a salary yeah. and you're making contingency or bonuses yeah, and all the, that stuff? Yeah, yeah. Well, the most Honda, the biggest salary I ever had a Honda was seventy nine. After winning the Trans Am title, mm-hmm. they paid me ten thousand dollars salary in seventy nine. Okay, and uh, and and. Um, Anyway, it it uh, so I make a little more money, but I, I you know I was living at home still. Yeah, I was still twenty, you know, twenty yeah. years old. I was young, and uh, I didn't have time for a house or nothing. And uh, <clears throat> so yeah, by time. the end of seventy yeah. nine, yeah, and I, then I was you know pocketing all my money. And I, I remember I, I went to buy a car, and uh, I I couldn't because I didn't have any credit. I had thirty five thousand dollars in a checking account, <laughs> and I could. And I couldn't get a loan to buy a six thousand dollar car. Yeah, yeah, because they're just like, what? What do you? What do you have? You are like, I have nothing. I just have cash. <laughs> yeah, and and, and no, and the guy wouldn't give me a loan. I, I said, I make, I have more money in my chicken account than you make in a year. And yeah, guy, yeah. Guy, I don't care. So yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, that's funny. But. Yeah. So um, yeah, big team at Honda. What year was the mega team at Honda? What year was that? Uh, 78 and 79. Dude, there was like yeah. <laughs> there was like 15 guys on a factory Honda. Huge. Yeah, and a bunch of the guys, I mean, that was everybody. So that was Trials yep. and Enduro. And, you know, they, I mean, they had some, you know, really good Enduro guys. And, of course, Marlon Whaley was, you know, the uh, Trials champion. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Bob Nicholson was the Trials guy. And, uh, and that was cool because, you know, I lived nearby Honda. So I'd go into the, you know, the, you know, into the, the home office, you know, the, the race shop all the time. And I, and, you know, I'd go test and then I'd go to the race shop and then Bob Nicholson, the trials manager, uh, he and I would go all over the Honda facility, you know, going up and down loading ramps and, you know, try, you know, going up steps and riding on curbs and doing all these, you know, practicing wheelies and all these little things. So, I mean, you know, it was pretty, it was a fun, fun atmosphere. Did you ever, uh, back then, of course, the, the idea, the plan for a lot of you guys was to go to Europe, right? And, And try to do the world championships. Did you have a chance? Did you want to? No, well that, that, um, it, that waned. I mean, okay. you know, Brad, you know, Brad, Brad yep. and Jim Pomeroy uh, did that, and because that was where it was at, and they, you know, they really set the pace for what Americans could do. And and I can tell you, that those two guys, Brad and Jim, when they came to Honda in '77, they, they, you know, they were, uh, you know, mentors to me too. I went and trained with Brad up at his place up in, yep. you know, Pinole, and then went with uh, Jim Pomeroy up to Bishop a few times with his his friend Dave McCoy who ran a man, home in Mammoth Mountain, right? Okay. And we, yep. we would stay at Dave's house and train at his house. And, 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 you know, I learned, I learned so much, you know, being around those guys, 
in my formative years and, and, you know, Brad and Jim were the European guys mm-hmm. and Jim, you know, Jim, when he came to Honda, you know, was for us base, Brad, you know, went over to Europe yep. and then, um, it, it really, uh, but it didn't really uh, get you. It didn't catch you. It's not something you I, wanted to do. I, I, not at that time, yep. you know, the, the national championship, as far as we were concerned for 125, we were faster than they were Yep. in, in the U S mm-hmm. <clears throat> and, um, I think that that played out, and it, it took a while before the parity yeah. evened up. But um, yeah. at that time, the 125 nationals, and and again, and you know, I've I've said before, and I, I still firmly believe the one the, the local Southern California 125 scene is what propelled America to to the dominant. To dominant, of, yeah. <clears throat> right, and then yeah. you know, I mean, you know, you know, look at look at all the guys, you know, the the the, the first Honda, you know, Trophy to Nations team, you know, a bunch yeah. of Southern California CMC guys, you know, and then and then and then that 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 created the fast guys on the Nationals, mm-hmm. you know, and then um, you know, and then look at the what, what the one year they had uh, uh, Glover, Barnett, Bailey, and um, Morty, eighty three, yeah, and and Morty, I mean, they're you know, that's all. It, it, they either raced against those CMC 125 guys all the time, or they were those CMC 125 guys. And, and it finally, you know, it finally spread out to the rest of the country. And mm-hmm. I think more so because the rest of the country uh, saw what, you know, what fast was, yeah. you know, and, and then also the rest of the country has someplace to ride and Southern California doesn't. So, well, it was, I, you know, I've done these, uh, I've, I know Dubok really well, and I talked to Gary Denton a little while ago, and, and, and you know this too. You guys, and I don't know if you specifically, but you guys were racing four or five times a week all over Southern yeah. California and making money and all racing like, like a mini national. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. we were. And, yeah. 20, you know, and, you know, Denton, Denton Taylor, and I uh, were CMC Intermediates and Mike Bell at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, when I first started, you know, Mike, Mike Bell, David Taylor, Gary Denton, me, um, we were 125 Intermediate in 73. And, uh, yep. you know, and we raced night races, you know, at Ascot, Orange County, Irwindale, and then Saturday Saddleback. Yeah, or, crazy. Or, or, and then Sunday at Saddleback or Carlsbad, and or we go to, you know, any, any number of tracks, you know, go to the dunes once in a while, wherever there was races everywhere all the time. And you could make, you know, you yep. could make a living, mm-hmm. you know, good, a, a decent living and you, you got fast and the bikes developed, you know, and, and, you know, talk about rubbing paint, you know, you get, you know, these guys, they whine, they get a little, you know, rubber mark on their swing arm and they start crying, you know, <laughs> um, um, you know, that was, that was just the way it was <laughs> at Ascot, you know, yeah. and, yeah. Uh, Fly Racing Racer X podcast with Warren Reed. Please check out Fly Racing and all that they offer for the 2021 stuff. Zach Osborne, of course, winning the championship uh, in in Fly Racing gear. And we want to thank them for coming on the show as well as Renthal, Renthal.com. And thank you to Maxis Tires. Uh, also, Race Tech Suspension. Pulp 20 is the code to save with Race Tech. Uh, please check those guys out. Use the code. Save some money with folks at Race Tech. Paul Feed over there. Uh, did you ever use Paul Feed, Warren, at some point? I, no, he, he kind of came in a little after yep. my, my, you know, my time. Yeah. I certainly know of, of him. And, 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 again, that he is like so many of the other guys on the engine side that I described, that the, the, the Southern California tinkerer guy yeah that, that, yeah that was smart and just inherently smart and they figured out how to do stuff and and um you know that it's it's really an art the suspension and engine building is really an art because the fastest guys have completely different setups whether it's on the engine side or suspension side than than the 
you know, even mm -hmm. a local pro, right? Yeah. There's yeah. no comparison. And, um, and you know, you, you said you were talking about the Gary Denton. I got a great Gary Denton story for you. Yeah. So, so um, when I'm working for Honda, and uh, this is in the mid-90s, and I'm, I'm back in some de uh, dealer in the middle of nowhere in New York, <laughs> yeah. upstate New York, and uh, I, was, I was talking to the guy, and he had a he had a motorcycle shirt on, and we got talking. I said, "Well, yeah, I race, and I rode mm -hmm. national and stuff like that." And the guy's, "Oh, that's cool." And then, then you know, we're in his office. He's like a service manager at a power equipment yeah. dealer. Yeah. And I look on the wall, and he's got this picture of Gary Denton, you know, on the four wheeler on the ATV. Yeah. And I go, I go, "Oh, Gary!" I said, he, "Yeah, he and I used to race local together all the mm -hmm. time." He goes, "You know Gary Denton? Are you kidding?" <laughs> <laughs> he's a quad god. He's the yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah couches man. right are you right. kidding <laughs> oh that's funny uh so after all those years at honda you jumped to cowie was it a case of uh better offer for you did honda let you go what was a switch for cowie now it, it, it in in hindsight it probably was not the right move mm -hmm. because honda honda really you know put a lot of effort in development of the bikes and you know bringing roger yeah roger everything. was there yeah yeah but but i I'd been there through the, you know, two years of, you know, 75, 76, and then my time. And it, it seemed like the other companies were really progressing and Honda was kind of staying stagnant. Okay. And, uh, you know, and, and so it, it, um, it, it seemed like, okay, this, if you're going to change in your career, I mean, yeah. everybody has certain points, you know, you know, you know, decision points in their career. And that seemed like, okay, yeah. You got to you got to make the change now. You yeah. got you know you need yeah. you need a change. You got to do this and and so I did, and it was it was good, but man, Honda really <laughs> they they made it tough, you know. And yeah. then uh, they you know and look back, they started off in, in 1980. They were other than Chuck Sun and Steve Wise, you know, they were all new guys, really. Yeah. You know, just, yeah. And um, and the, but those new guys stepped it up, you know, and and they and they brought in a trainer and they had Roger and they had Dave Arnold Dave, yep. doing more de more development stuff, not mechanic. And, and so the, the the whole thing really came together and just in time for think, you to leave. <laughs> yeah. And, and it, but, you know, I, I had some success against those guys. Yeah. And, um, uh, but. Uh, they they where it went to by you know by 81 82 by 81 they were really starting to come together mm -hmm. good and and donnie was really starting to show some speed on the on the rc250 yeah and you know and then you know and yeah their 82 um, works bikes were pretty damn good yeah they yeah. were really good yeah um and uh it's uh you know if steve wise wouldn't have been hurt there'd have been a lot of things different during those years too you know steve you know uh was as 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 fast as anybody it just the, the timing of, you know, injuries and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And then, you know, he had so much success in the super bikers, they, you know, and he switched to road race and it was, you know, are you, are you, uh, are you a Cowie with Wardy at this point in 81? No, 80, 1980. And, and yeah. so the team, the team at that time was, uh, myself, I joined Weiner, mm -hmm. uh, Ward and Mosier. And, and then they hired, um, uh, well, well, and Wardy came at the end of '79. They hired him for '82 in '80. For, for '80, yeah. Also, yep. And um, and then uh, Chappie Blows. So uh, Wardy and Chappie Blows were the 125 guys, and then um, myself and Weiner were going to be the 250. And Larry, oh no, and you know, myself and Larry Wasick were 250, and then he was the top privateer in '79. 
on a Honda, and then um, 500 was uh, going to be um, yeah, Galen Mosier and Weiner. Yeah, yeah, and then um, you know Galen had sat out a good portion of the year from the previous year, broken leg, and then uh, you know Weiner and the manager you know got into it you know before 80 was out. Okay, and uh, so he was gone, and and Larry had an issue with the manager and was gone. And it wasn't Weiner's fault and it wasn't Larry's fault. Oh, okay. You know? So I see where you're going with this, right? Right. Yeah. Anyway, and um, 81, in 81, I had an issue with the manager and I was gone. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. We see a, we see a pattern. Yeah. Yeah. You see, you see something happening here, but, uh, so you're with Wardy now, Wardy, uh, you know, just a mini cycle phenom, right? Um, did you see in those early years, like it's, it kind of started working in 83, for Wardy, yeah, but well, did you I, see? I saw him long before that. Yeah, no, I know. He, but, he was, but did yeah, you think you that he, he would be, be good? Okay, so you yeah, did think I that did. he was going to be good. Yeah, yeah, especially, especially because of what he did when he first got on. You know, he was so short when he yeah. was like seventeen. Still, he mm-hmm. was so short he he couldn't even ride a full size CR one twenty five, and and so he rode basically a mini Elsinore with a one twenty five engine. And um, it was like an XR with a 125 CR 125 motor. Yeah. And and you know and and is and we were lapping him, okay. But I I you know I'd seen that kid when he was 11 years old doing feet up power slides and shifting up shifting in the middle of a feet up power slide. Right. Okay? Right. Yeah. And yeah. So there, he just he no needed t- he needed time, but it was coming. Yeah. 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 It was coming, and he did, and he stuck with it. You know, and then Honda had a trainer, and he trained hard. And, um, it, it, so while it didn't come immediately, mm-hmm. the, the fact that by the time it finally did come, I mean, look at how long his career oh, was phenomenal when, yeah. when in races yep. that, that in any sport, that is an amazing feat. And, uh, you know, I, yep. you know, I, I felt like when I was at the top of my game, I was faster than he was, but you know, Hey, the, uh, by, by the time. You know, he really came into his own fast was at, near the end of my time. But, yeah. You know, so. Uh, 82, you go to Suzuki. Uh, now, he teammates with Bomber. My childhood hero, by the way, Bomber. Um, yeah. What did you think of he, that, he, your time there? Uh, he, he was uh, – it, it, I, uh, I, I said before, I didn't really fit there that well. Mm-hmm. I, th- I thought, man, I couldn't wait after 81 and, you know, and Barnett, you know, on that, that um, you know, SR – yeah, uh, or excuse me, the um, RN250, you know, in 81, that thing was awesome. Right. I thought, oh, I couldn't, I was salivating to get on that bike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and that's, and, and you know, the first race I rode on on a Suzuki was the RN250 at a locals uh, Golden State race. And um, the thing started spitting steam and stuff before the okay. end of the moto. And I remember um, Jenner told me he was, he was so pissed because I was, you know, cat, I was up at the front catching the leaders yep. and then. Start, and he, he was pissed because he he knew what kind of shit I'd gone through at Kawasaki, you know. Right. And um, and you know the the ride I got at Suzuki at eighty the end of eighty one I didn't ride either. Nobody would touch me with a ten foot pole because a manager said you're an asshole. Yeah. And they kick you know, they kick you out and then you know yeah and, you kind of get blackballed right yeah yeah yeah, yeah and, you know uh, what's wrong with this guy you know it's anyway um, but so what I did was at the the eighty one transams that i i actually rode with john or you know brock was one in the series i i just drove up with him in the truck to the last transam at, at uh, hangtown in 81 and um just walking around just to you know 
explore my yeah, options or whatever. Yep, yep. And, I, and I saw uh, Hide, the, the head Japanese guy for the motocross mm-hmm. team, you know, there. For Suzuki, yeah. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, no, uh, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. It was Hide. No, he was like the, the, the chief uh, tech engineer guy or technician. Yep. And I, and I saw, he said, uh, he said, what are you doing next year? I go, I don't, nothing. Mm-hmm. He goes, what? I go, yeah. I go, I go, who do you guys got? And he told me, and I, and I go, are you kidding? That's who you guys got? <laughs> <laughs> I was being, you know, I'm yeah. a cocky motorcycle. Yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah. And he goes, I said, I'll, I'll tell you what, Hide, you go talk to Tosh. Tosh is the head guy. You tell him I'll race for nothing except for bonuses and travel. Yeah. Okay. And uh, anyway, and he like looked at me, you know, and, and I, you know, I see him kind of like a, make a beeline you know <laughs> you come uh, across you know through the spectator areas and you know at, at hangtown you know you're up on a hill you can yeah. see everything yeah right? and so so i see him you know kind of walking through the crowds and crossing and then i see him i see tosh over there like watching the race on a hill all by himself and i and i and from where i was i saw him like talking to tosh and tosh is not like looking at him he's like you know i got his head 90 degrees to uh-huh. Hide, and then all of a sudden i see tosh like slowly turn his head Tahide, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went, I got a job. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yes, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah, and uh, and sure enough, the, the, uh, that was Sunday. Monday morning, I get a phone call. So, And this is you, Barnett, Howerton. Yeah, Marty's gone, and, right? Marty's not there, or is Marty there yet? Yeah, yeah, and um, and uh, Danny Bentley and George Holland. Oh, yeah, Holland, and, yeah. And, and Alan King. Oh, yeah, yeah, so... Yeah, that was a pretty powerful team too. So, yeah, um, you know, we were, and um, anyway, did you know? Did get I, I won the the second moto at, at the Hangtown National that that next year. Mm-hmm. You know, Rick, Ricky won the overall, but I I won the second moto, and he was, but that was when it was forty minutes plus two laps, right? And um, yeah, we we had a minute and ten seconds lead over third place or something. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, we were gone. Yeah, right. We were, right. It went way gone, but yeah, he and he was on my ass for forty minutes plus two laps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have to have, nowadays. If we did forty minutes, we have to have gas stops. These tanks aren't big enough anymore. There's no yeah. way. That's a, yeah. that's what's funny. Um, yeah. So eighty three, you're a privateer. You lose the Suzuki ride. You get some Yamahas, like you mentioned earlier, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. And then you get a factory ride when Rick RJ gets hurt. RJ dislocates yeah. his hip, I think, at this point. Yeah, I, in fact, yep. I was at the hospital when they wheeled him in. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I had I had split my chin open at that. It was East St. Louis. That place yep. was a dive anyway. <laughs> and and I split my chin open, and I was there getting stitched up, and they wheeled him in on the on the gurney, you know, because he rode two fifty. I was riding five hundred, yep. and yep. and I still finished. Yeah, but anyway, um, and I'm like, oh shit, you yeah. Know, I, I'm like, I, I knew, I, yeah. I, I say, you take care. There was nothing like you know. Um, that was. Bad, are you getting help from a young Jim Gennard at this point from Oakley? Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, yeah he. Well, uh, you know what I was doing? I was selling Oakley goggles to bass uh, bass fishermen at that time. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. And and uh, I had a deal through Jim that yep. I had I had like the I had like the bass fishing distribution right because my my father in law was a professional bass fisherman. Okay. He fished, the, he fished like the the Bassmaster class. But why are they wearing goggles, Warren? Yeah. Why are they wearing goggles? Well, because when it's you know thirty two degrees and you gotta do seventy miles an hour in your boat. To oh, get to okay. Fish are, All right. I'm it's, not, cold, it's cold. It's cold. I'm not a fishing guy. I'm not a fishing guy, <laughs> no, so I have no yeah, idea. Those, those okay. boats are fast. I mean, okay. they'll do 60, 65, 70 on the water, and you know they're you know and and uh, like a lot of guys will wear helmets, you know, and then oh, okay. 
So you're face shield. you're selling Oakley goggles for Jim. Yeah, and so and so I'm um, and then so Jim's supplying me with goggles, and you know what Jim would do? He would he would uh, pay for my plane ticket uh, to so I could fly back and forth to the races, so uh-huh. I could get home and see my my wife and kids. Yeah, you know, her wife and kid at that time only had one. My wife was pregnant with our second child at that time, and so Jim would. Um, you know, b- bought some of my plane tickets just so I didn't have to stay on the road. You know, what for, uh, what's he like? You know, weeks and weeks. What's he like, Jim Janar? Great guy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, very innovative and enthusiastic, and you know, the, the same kind of personalities that we see. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, like like with Amler and right, and, right. You know, and other guys that you know do stuff and and design and and just keep you know figuring yeah. out trick new things. But he was he he really understood marketing too. And yeah. um, in fact, yesterday I posted a picture on. On Facebook of a picture that he, if he he took of me, and I I found it yesterday going through a, a, a trash bag in my garage I found <laughs> of old mementos. I found this picture that he took and he mounted to a a big plaque. You know, it's probably maybe you know fifteen by seventeen picture, and uh, and he he had mounted that. And then years later, when I was doing lots of you know my cabinet work, I was yep. doing lots of stuff for Oakley, and he gave he goes hey I got something for you yeah. and he comes come to my office you know and he hands me this plaque I'm like whoa are you kidding yeah it's a it's just a bitch and picture on my RC250 Honda oh cool and uh, and so he gave it to me probably 10 12 years after he took it yeah and had it and you know it was before they moved to their big facility and and um, you, but uh, anyway he you should have said he, at some he really point, came up with some good stuff so at some point you should have been like hey do you need any money for investment Jim uh, let me let me invest in Oakley. <laughs> well, I, I, I kind of yeah. Well, they hadn't gone public at that point. Yeah, so already. Yeah, so um, the uh, and, but because uh, you know I, Dean. I remember I don't know if you know Dean Wilkinson. He's one of the guys. No. He's a good friend of mine. So he was he was facilities manager then. So I worked with him a lot too. Oh, okay. To do a, I, I built a lot of the custom stuff for making glasses and making oh, models okay. and manu- manufacturing and yep. and they had like the first 3d printer that i'd ever heard of and i had to sign a non-disclosure agreement to make the, the um case for the cap the cabinets yeah. for their for that special room you know so. yeah um bobo bobo told me like jim used to run around and try to get all the guys to use his grips right the grips yeah. were the first thing and he was always like hey try to try these grips out and everybody's like yeah yeah whatever buddy whatever buddy and you know <laughs> Go on. To be- I didn't. I didn't know him then, and then he did goggles, you know. And I was kind of a Scott guy for a long time. And then yep. I did Smith Smith goggles. Yep. And then and then, but Jim was close by and knew, and we'd all, we were always chatting all the time at the races. Mm-hmm. And and finally, I you know, and I was just trying to look for lots of ways to make money, you know, because I wasn't making yeah a, enough, you know, to support a family and stuff. So that's why I did the bass fishing stuff. Yeah. And then that's how we became, you know, friends. And then. um um, you know, and, and Jim always yeah. took care of me good, and, and uh, cool. You know, it was I, I really enjoyed working with him, and um, it, it made it made you know we made him some really nice stuff for his you know so his studio and stuff. In '83, you're a total privateer except for the end of the year. You got six and two fifty supercross, six and five hundred nationals. Are you making any money? Yeah, yeah. Given, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm making ends meet. You know, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. When I when I got then I I broke. Oh, wow. In the last, you know, we went to Japan for Supercross and we were riding the 84 YZ250s and and Ricky won and I got second and I think Brock was third and Bowen was fourth and Bailey oh, okay. was fifth or something. So, yeah, yeah. And, you know, yeah, I was, you know, I, you know, I was Were you I was hoping to be Ricky. on the team in 84 before you broke I, your I leg? Thought, or? Yeah. I, I thought so. But again, they, they all thought that, they, they, that there was going to be all these new kids coming. So. Where, where yeah. do you break your leg? Uh, Anaheim. 
oh. first turn. Oh, in 84, you know? first, first race yeah. of the year. Yeah, and uh, that was, um, you know, in front of all my family and friends. <laughs> Jeez. Laying, right there in the first turn, laying there, and uh, it was it was pretty bad. And it, it what I... What I've always said was I was not afraid of getting hurt. Mm-hmm. That was my first. And and in my entire career, even to this day, I have not gone under the knife. Really? Never had, really? Never had, a, never had a joint operated on. Wow. Now, they had to put me in the operating room to drill holes through my leg and run rods <laughs> through the skin and everything. Yeah, yeah. But I have not gone under the knife. So, um, uh, the uh, but that, that my leg was broken pretty bad. And Tib and uh, fib it, or femur? Yeah, tib and fib. Tib and fib. Right Yep. right below right above the ankle joint okay and, um and it was it was i mean it was really jacked it wasn't just like in you yeah. know broken in piece it was like a lot of little chunks and pieces and 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 they were afraid to they were afraid to operate because there was so much soft tissue damage that they were worried that they cut off the whatever blood supply i had yeah you know which is limited when you get that in that low in yeah. the leg and so they said we just got to make this thing kind of straight and you know, and then you, get you healing up. Yeah. So. so when you do the leg, are you thinking to yourself like, "Hey, I'm kind of done," like, like, eh. like you know, or were you like, "Hey, I just got to get healthy," you know? No, I was. I, I actually, what my intention was was to do race into starting a private team. Okay. You know, my own. Yep. Uh, my own team. They they didn't really have those. They had Team Tam. Yeah. You know, at that time, and uh, but you know, I, I I wanted to do kind of my own thing and get going. Well, that you know you're you're home doing nothing for a long time that kind of sets things i was just i could not i didn't have to borrow any money mm-hmm. except from my, except from myself yep and um the but i couldn't go through that again if i sat out that long again you know i sat out nine months with no Jeez, income, yeah, you know? yeah 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 except except for doing you know i do motocross schools and mm-hmm. and and a lot of the guys i did schools with did pretty good but you know that's just kind of just you know you know you know, pocket change. I wasn't doing, yeah, I still had my leg in a cast. I couldn't do these giant schools and demo and stuff. So I just do one-on-one things, you know? So, you know, Ty, Ty Schwartz, you know, the mountain bike guy. And, uh, he was, yeah, he used to mow my lawn and I'd give him motocross schools. In oh, exchange okay. Cause yeah. I, I, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't mow my lawn. I did, uh, uh Craig Kanoi and Ray Somo oh, yeah. and, um, Remember, yeah. and Mike, Mike, Mike Healy and, um, Jim Tarantino. Yeah. Um, Let's see, Sean Kalos. Just kind of help those and, guys when you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they come. They came into my little schools, and, right? You know, and some of them they had to remind me years later that they attended my school because they were, you know, they're yeah. just little, you know, little, snotting those kids. Yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah don't, don't tell me how fast you are. Just show me. <laughs> so you never really got back, yeah? After the leg, I mean, you raced 500 motocross in '85 and and uh, in '84 well, at the end of the year. I would guess you jumped in, right? But yeah. well, what I did was what I did was I I decided that. Uh, okay, my, you know, could start doing cabinet Cabinets, stuff, yeah, you know, yeah. and, um, but I also wanted to do, I, I knew I was still competitive, I could still be fast, mm-hmm. but I wanted to, to race all these other kinds of races that I didn't get to. And so race some Grand Prix in Europe, you know, ride, yeah. you know, um, ride desert races, do speedway racing, you know, do, you know, AMA dirt track. And, and I said before that my, my, my two proudest things is, you know, uh, for, for like s- single events are from the Ascot TT because in '85 I raced the Ascot TT AMA, you know, dirt track national, mm-hmm. 
And that's, you know, that's when Schobert, Springsteen, Carr, yeah. you, know, uh, you know, Scott Parker, you know, Ricky Graham. I mean, the, the fastest guys, you know, and and I, I raced that on a Saturday night. I rode Speedway Friday night. I rode Ascot TT Saturday. And my brother and I, uh, my, and my brother Wayne and I are real close and always have been in, in riding. And he's always there in the middle of it with everything with me. But he and I drove all night from Ascot in Gardena to Hangtown and I rode a 500 national the next day at Hangtown. And, uh, I, I, yeah, yeah. no, nobody has ever done that. Yeah. So, yeah. I think about the two yeah. different disciplines that that takes or the two different skills or whatever, right. Yeah. That the, and, yeah. And, and, yeah. And, and Ascot wasn't, um, Peoria, you know, yeah. Ascot was a dirt track, dirt track, you know, but I'd raced so many night motocrosses at Ascot. I knew, but I could tell by the reflection of the dirt if there was traction or not traction. It, it did, <laughs> yeah. I didn't care if it was a half mile corner or a hairpin. Yeah. You know, it, it was the same to me. And and I also knew what a berm looked like, and those guys didn't. You know. And you know what's funny is the the place where I passed, where I did all my passing, obviously over the jump, right? I just jump over their head. Yeah, you just keep pin, you just pin it, right? Yeah. I, they they would kill me in turn three and four, the big giant, mm-hmm. you know, wide. But where I'd pass them is going into the infield into turn one because they'd back into turn one normal. And then halfway through turn one, you'd do a hard hairpin left into the infield. Well, I'd I'd have I'd be fifth gear wide open while they're backing it into the inside. I'm still fifth gear wide open against the wall. <laughs> and then I'd 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 stand up motocross style and I'd downshift twice and 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 do a two wheel drift uh, again, uh, next to the wall on the outside standing up. <clears throat> And, and These guys are probably like, "What the hell is this guy doing?" And, yeah, and, and I'm going, and I'm going 30 miles an hour faster, way on the outside. Mm-hmm. And then I'd I'd sit down and do a motocross pivot, and then cut to the inside, and they they drift just enough trying to come to the inside of that hairpin going into the infield, and I'd tuck under and and rub their elbow a little bit, and that was all it took, you know. Jeez, so, oh wow, that's crazy. But yeah, but you know, there's it's. It's a really fun feeling to be going 110 miles an hour and stand up and do a two-wheel drift into a dirt track corner on the outside in the cushion. Yeah. And and uh, that was fun. <laughs> and that was a lot of fun. And then the, the next year, 86, uh, I, I actually made the main and got uh, earned points and earned a dirt track number, tw- national number 27 in dirt track. Oh, wow. I didn't really know that about you, Warren. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah, so me and... And Skip Axland, or no, yeah, yeah, Skip Axland and uh, Jimmy Felice, and we're all, we're all former national number twenty sevens. So. Oh, nice. Yeah, I didn't uh, I didn't know that about you. That's cool. So yeah, so you really got got pretty good at it then. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, no, I didn't. I was just good just by when I lined up. Right. Because, right. You know, again, I I grew up riding Fire Rose. You know, Sammy Tanner was one of the top dirt trackers in history, AMA Hall of Fame. He was one of our weekend riding group, and he we would race Fire Roads together when I was a kid. You right. Know? Right. Uh, and, um, you know, and then, uh, but, you know, I, I, I just, motocrossers in naturally adapted to all the different kinds. Um, they rode Baja, yeah. a BMW in the Baja 1000 and, uh, Tom Kelly and I, and Dave Chase, you may remember Dave Chase. He was the I, engine builder. Dave, Hondo. Dave was a hell of a guy. I love Dave. He was a great he, dude. He, yeah. he, he, uh, he and I and Tom Kelly got fourth in the Baja 1000. Oh, nice. So, is it was the cabinet business pretty pretty successful for you? Yeah, you, yeah it was good. You, you were doing yeah, that the whole making, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, making a good living. But, right. but you know, you if you're you know you're self employed, you're uh, not making any money uh, <laughs> on, on uh, yeah 
Yeah, officially, yeah, yeah. officially. You are, yeah. You are, but you aren't. Right, right. My right. wife worked for medical insurance, you know, so she had a job that had insurance. And, you know, I was working a million hours a day. And then, uh, you know, the Southern California, and we had three kids by that time. You know, my, my daughter uh, was born uh, two weeks after the Baja 1000 in 85. Yeah. You know, my wife was just hoping I'd come back from Mexico. Alive, <laughs> alive. Not, yeah, yeah. Not in a box. Yeah, yeah. And um, the... Uh, Anyway, so you know, it was yeah. you know, young young couple business, you know, two working parents, right? You know, kids, little kids in school. It was just um, it was insane. And Southern California is like, we're out of here. I am, I'm done. So yeah. that's when I applied to Honda. Yeah, that that was it. Moved back east, and now my kids are all in their um, uh, mid to late thirties, and uh, got that's, grandkids. And uh, that's awesome. My uh, my uh, we're we're all we're all. Uh, we see each other a lot. You mm-hmm. know? And, That's good. Uh, so I was one of the things I ask people on this podcast is their biggest regret, and I'm, I, I don't know if you have one. Maybe leaving Honda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. probably. But it, that's only a hindsight one. And, yeah. But I can I can tell you that um, it, the way I did it though, and being able to race the other, and I'm, so I'm the first guy that ever raced for all four Japanese companies. Hold on, Tripes didn't yeah. beat you. Tripes didn't. No, it, no, he never rode uh, factory cowing. Okay, all right, okay. So, he he rode a he rode, he rode other other brands. Yes, you know, yes, one, yes. One's nobody now ever heard of. Yeah, but, yeah, for sure, right. But but he was but but he could ride anything fast, you know. And I just did it on Japanese bikes. That was it. Yep, yep. Um, and the uh, in fact, I never rode a European. I think I, I didn't have you know ten minutes on a European motorcycle until I rode a KTM. Well, the the eight. The BMW at the Baja 1000, yeah. but I wrote a, I wrote a, uh, Danny Laporte and and um, and I and Scott Harden, Randy Morales uh, wrote a 24 hour motocross in France. Oh, you did? Okay, eight, yeah, yeah, in eight, eighty set in yeah. eighty seven or eight, and um, and that and that was a, a KTM. That was the first time I'd ever ridden a European bike. Uh, uh, for any any length of time, you did but, ride an ATK. Uh, you did ride an ATK, so that was, yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah, so that but that was I mean it had a Rotax engine. But, yeah, and, yeah. And, but Horst designed that whole thing and and did a lot of the assembly here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I you know when I went to uh, the Austrian Grand Prix, you know that's his home country. He wanted to go back and 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 race that. So I did that in '85. You know, again that was after sitting out all of '84. That was two weeks after the Hangtown National. That, so, um, so that's like yeah, uh, that's Thorpe and Malerb and those guys in '85, 500. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So in a two weeks, in a two and a half week span, I did um, a speedway, a dirt track, <laughs> and a 500 national, GP, <laughs> a 500 national, yeah. and, a, and a and a 500 Grand Prix in Austria. Oh shit! Yeah. How'd you do the GP? Uh, How'd you do? Uh, no, not very good. It was a. I raced a, a 500 four stroke and yeah. Um, against 500 two yes, strokes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. On and Sittendorf, I don't know, I'll be posting some pictures on Facebook. I found a whole slew of photos that I took when I was over there. I just found them yesterday. Oh, okay. In that trash oh, bag. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, in that same trash bag, right? Yeah. And uh, and there's there's blue grooves on the rocks from the tires. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And 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 you a 500 four stroke against a 500 two stroke is a 500 four stroke is pipey. Yep. And and it's heavy. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and your and, and, and your rear disc was up by the counter shaft at that point yeah, too. Yeah, and and it's a 500. Right. And and so it's it, it was and the track is just as cobby as you can, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And and um, what an experience though. What an experience. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was good. I and I enjoyed it uh, over there. I was really 
beautiful country. And, and, you know, I, I love Jeopardy, you know, yep. the show Jeopardy. Yep. Yep. And, but, um, they, they, I remember final Jeopardy was one time was that this European country has seven, um, uh, different languages that are all, you know, uh, User. common yeah, yeah, within yeah, the country. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I'm like, what is Austria? Okay, because I, I knew I knew a European because I'd been to Europe and I knew, yeah. I knew the proximity of Europe and the different languages of from Yugo and Slav and German and Italy and French. Sure, you know? and, sure. And and so I I it, I, I, did, I didn't know exactly, but I knew I'd been there. I said it couldn't be anything but yeah. Austria. And sure oh, enough. Sure. Yeah, those three idiots, you know, on they didn't get it, and I'm like, "What is Austria?" So. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, well, hey, Warren, thanks for the time, man. What a career, what a life. That's uh, awesome. And, and you know what? Uh, uh, you sound like you, you know you're still doing really well today, and, and no regrets, and loving it, man. And uh, yeah, a lot of top ten finishes in, in indoors and outdoors over the years. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was it was good. I'm 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 glad I did it, and I mm-hmm. wouldn't trade any of it for the world. And um, now, just you know my kids and my grandkids yeah. and helping them all be productive, happy people. Yeah. 30, 30 years at Honda too. Nice work on that. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a great way to, to go out. Right. Like, yeah. One company and, 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 and doing a good job at that. So thanks. Um, yeah, well, thanks for the time. Yeah. Thank you. Good. Yeah. Good. Enjoy talking to you guys. And, uh, my, my friend here said he emailed you a couple of years ago to, put me on so he'll he's a young a young kid that i mountain bike with so oh okay jazz to see those wow well, tell him i'm sorry I, I don't remember it i didn't get back to him uh it's really terry Baisley deserves the credit for this one but uh but tell your buddy that it was actually his email then if he feel if it oh, makes him feel and, better and, <laughs> and 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 we'll tell terry on national audience i i put almost ten thousand miles on that motorhome in less than two months so oh nice okay perfect yeah, yeah he's uh, he's a great dude and, I, and i'm glad to do this uh i love this old stories i could, I could talk to you for hours uh Fly Racing Racer X podcast with Warren Reed. Thanks, Warren. Good deal. Good talking to you. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Sorbic is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunis. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right, and right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Holland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just 
thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The Dogger, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Go Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pick and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in, I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. As the days and the months.